Tribe Productions presents The Creator's Journey with your host and the founder of Tribe Kunal Purswani. This is a casual yet deeply intimate and unfiltered experience where I share my life as a person and as a creator. I also host a variety of guest creators who share their journey and their experiences. Welcome to the 15th episode of my podcast. This is a very special episode especially for all you animal lovers out there because today we have pause hunger on the podcast. Although the theme for this episode is the power of student run NGOs and creating impact through Instagram, we do end up talking quite a bit about the plight of stray animals. Not to worry though, both Sarthak and Pragati, the co-founders, give us some really insightful answers related to the topic. In this episode, you will see how similar running an NGO is to running a startup. You will hear inspiring words about the power of students and we also get a great speech by Pragati which argues that student organizations need to be taken more seriously. As is tradition, we end the interview with an opinionated discussion which really allows us to understand the mentalities and mindsets of our guests. This time, we discuss whether imparting information through short format content like reels and Instagram posts is ethical because half information can be dangerous. But enough with the teasing, let's hear from our guests, Pragati and Sarthak from Pause Hunger. Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. How are you guys? Hi, we're great. Thank you so much for having us today. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having us. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is an episode I've been looking to create ever since I incepted the podcast, which was last year. And I think you guys also started last year, if I'm not wrong. Yep, last July, yes. Yeah, I've been following you since then as a fellow animal lover and just what you guys have been doing is great. So let's start with an introduction of you, yourself and your calls. Yeah, of course. So uh, hi, I'm Sarthak Modgil. Uh, so currently I'm a final year student doing my uh, BBA from NMIMS Mumbai. So I've also been an animal lover since my childhood. Uh, I've all, you know, I've only got a dog. I've only been able to adopt my own dog this January. But, you know, since my childhood, I've been feeding, you know, feeding dogs. So that's what led me, you know, start this. All right. Hi, my name is Pragati. I'm the co-founder of Pause Hunger. I'm currently a third year BMS marketing student at Usha Praveen Gandhi College. And just like Sartak, I've also had uh, immense love for dogs and, you know, animals since an early age. And I love being around them. Okay, so one thing right off the right off the bat is we are all BBA students. I'm also a BBA student, so you know, power to BBA students. I'm because, BMS, but okay. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, so about cause. Uh, so I think our cause, uh, which is you know, to as term you can term it as animal welfare, right? Mm-hmm. So that is I feel one of the most neglected causes which you could, you know, help out, unfortunately, in this country and, you know, overall. Because, yeah. you know, uh, even when you think about NGOs, there are NGOs for everything, but the amount of NGOs you have for uh, stray animals is very, very less, you know, extremely less. And that's unfortunate because we're one, of the, we're one of the few countries, you know, which has such a high number of stray animal population. You know, they, you know, and uh, with that comes a very negative stigma. And, you know, I'm sure we all have very close friends who are either themselves scared of animals or they, you know, their family makes sure they're scared of the animals, you know, yeah. apart from just helping them, also the stigma of, you know, not being, you know, not associating them with disease and, you know, non-cleanliness, that's a big part of, you know, the causes. Apart from that, however, you know, everything which is, you know, right, the basic, you know, basic uh, thing of feeding them, you know, getting them vaccinated, sterilized, collared, you know, making sure they're disease-free, you know, if they get hurt. So that's all part of our cause, but with that with that being said ending the stigma towards stray animals another uh, big thing we have to do so ending the stigma that's the reason you found pause hunger so uh, i think uh, with that uh, uh, stigma was one of the reasons but uh, you know we also i think pragati and i have wanted to help stray animals since a long time and i think yeah so i think pragati you would like to uh, say the rest right yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, we can move on to the next question, right? And then I'll answer that for you. Okay, all right. Uh, 
So did you seek scale when you founded Pause Hunger? That is, did you look for a pan-India expansion or did you have a plan initially to boost your followers? So honestly, uh, yeah, should I go ahead? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So honestly, when we started Pause Hunger, um, like Sardak said, like, you know, we both just simply loved animals. We didn't have anything specific in mind. It was just this idea that popped up, you know, once we were just talking on call about how we'd like pool in some of our resources and, you know, we'd go and we'd help like stray animals last year in the pandemic. And like then Sata called me back after five minutes and, you know, we can't, like he kind of told me this, like, how does it sound? And then we like built on that. And like, that's when we just, we just immediately started working on it. And we're like, you know, let's see how it goes about. And at that point, when we started, we didn't have a plan as such. We just knew that, you know, we want to help as many animals as we can. And it was actually, we, we didn't have any kind of clear plan inside. It was just, you know, two people who loved animals just starting off something of their own with like a support from few of their friends. Like about, we had like, I think 10 people with us at that time. Uh, so at that time, no, we didn't really have like this whole pan-India plan and stuff. We just went with what, you know, our minds told us to. We just went with, we just started pausing and like, you know, let's see how it goes. And like, honestly, one year later, like we, we did not expect, like it would be like such a resounding success i think we like currently have volunteers in over like eight to ten cities in uh india and we definitely didn't plan for this much so while this kind of success is like overwhelming it's also amazing to see how many people you know actually care about this cause that's great to know so would you say you sort of grew into an expansion over time like slowly just started snowballing into something bigger is that what you're saying uh, can I? Yeah. So, so yeah. So I think, uh, like Pagadi said, when we started, we did not have an idea on you know what to do. But I think as time grew and as we realized our potential, because you know we're one of the very few organizations in Stanley St- Welfare which is actually run by college students, right? So yeah. when the three of us are like talking over here, and I'm guessing most of your audience audience is gonna be our generation, right? Correct. So and but and we have people in our uh, generation doing volunteering for a lot of different things but stay animal welfare is one of the few causes which doesn't have uh you know uh someone from our generation doing something about it so when we started we got a huge response because we were the only ones in that category at that point of time to do this so uh, you know over time we realized our potential we had a lot of people wanted to volunteer you know we we made our feeding army we got our we got our internal team of over 50 members eventually. So uh, as Pragati said, as time grew, we did have to grow into an expansion plan. So every now every three months, we have our own uh, team, you know, which keeps changing. So we have a uh, the creative and, you know, public relations team, which manage our, manages our, manages our social media and all. So they keep changing every three months. So, you know, having, getting all that is part of our expansion plan right now. Yeah, that's exactly, actually exactly what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you if currently you have a branding or marketing strategy program and if you have a set animator graphic artist because there is a lot of consistency in your Instagram feed. And so now another question pops up. Uh, Every three months you said you change your design team or your social media team. So do you ensure that there's a consistent theme or is this something that just ends up happening? So can I go ahead? Sure. So yeah, so we do have, uh, like Sarthak mentioned, we have this team, which, you know, we change every three months. And uh, we actually, like every three months, you see, like we put up a post on Instagram that says, you know, if you're looking to join us and you cannot volunteer, but this is like one way you can help us. So mm-hmm. uh, every three months we do change them, but like the ones who are actually really good or the ones who want to continue, they just, you know, they continue with us. And I think a lot of them have also, I would say, like grown with us. You know, they started to understand more of our style. They started to understand more of how we want our social media run. And, you know, about like the whole um, like marketing branding strategy, I think the team together, like Satya said, like now we have like over 50 plus people. I think like all of us do a little bit of everything. Of course, like Sartak and I, we overlook what everyone does mainly, but uh, like the team, they're not only confined or restricted to like one, you know, aspect, like say they're not only in admin or they're not only in creatives or not only in marketing, they like do everything. So all of them like take part in every single thing. And again, like three, three months, every three, three months, we keep, you know, changing them. We keep switching it up. That's actually very akin to what happens at a startup wherein one person assumes many roles. Is this, would you say this is something you run like a startup? 
definitely yeah i would definitely say that because uh like of course it's like not for profit that's the only difference i would say but apart from that uh i think it does emulate the working of a startup a lot because like you know sarthak and i we like we are the co-founders we overlook all the functioning but like i mentioned that everyone does a little bit of everything and like i i would say that they all do it really well you know it's not like they're like mediocre at it like all of them are great at it so i think that's a plus point for us to have found such such a great team another another thing if i could just add so like we already mentioned about how people grow with us so that's a you know that's something we really look forward to because uh, what what we do is so the you know the best two members of our creative team for example you know who did our last three months with us so now they're currently heading the next three months you know yeah. so we have that kind of function where we make sure people grow and you know uh, going on with what you said about how a startup does so when we did start so you know you know it was me and pragati doing everything like you know we did we assumed all the roles but yeah. now you know we have luckily reached that thing where everybody plays an equal part and we are just required for overlooking and you know obviously uh, taking care of dogs or you know physical work but you know getting the organization organization working has having their own admin department uh, creative department has been able to you know let us be like a from a startup to a slightly <laughs> better thing so now we don't have to do all that correct but i can from your answers i can clearly see that there's a culture of growth in your organization is that again something that you grew into or something as you, that happened as you gathered volunteers and you you're sort of like okay no this is the culture we want to establish i think we always knew right from the beginning we knew that we want this to be like a really you know friendly place because i think everyone there is closer to our age one or two years basically youth run all youth run so i think from the beginning like sarthak and i one thing that we always emphasize is that you know guys we want this to be like an open space for everyone we want people to communicate we want it to be like a very chill environment you know there's mm-hmm. like no sir ma'am stuff <laughs> like that and it's just all yeah all a very chill you know easy going environment so i think that is something that we did enforce since the beginning mhm so moving on to my next question is instagram since that's the only source i know is that the only outreach source that you have for your volunteers and your target audience and does your engagement with the audience let's say on instagram lead them to signing up as volunteers or is there an extra step after that so uh to be very honest we did try our hand at we started with instagram but over over time we did try our hand at even twitter for example and uh facebook so uh but honestly instagram was the only one which was actually is helping us grow because i think that's one of the only ones that everybody uses mm-hmm. in our generation like i said uh, you know we all we all think of facebook as something older people currently use and twitter is a completely different thing you know and so we tried that but for us instagram is what worked so we we stuck with that you know that's what our team works with mostly we are also active on facebook for the only and honest being completely honest with you the only reason we do that is because instagram lets us post on both places together yeah. there's no extra work involved so that's that's why we are also active on facebook uh coming to the point of does it work so i'll i'll think of post we i think we post two things so one is post which is about what our work is you know mm-hmm. for example if we fed 100 dogs yesterday we'll post about it that won't uh, lead us to a lot of that would lead us to reach other people okay that will be more for our audience to you know just know that we're doing work you know for example we recently had like a collaring drive in andheri and malad where we collared you know over 30 40 dogs mm-hmm. so we did post about that we made reels we posted uh, that did not lead to a lot of you know people outside of our circle but we didn't know that's going to happen so that's one kind of post where we do not expect uh, you know to gain followers or volunteers from that because that is something we do a lot then come posts uh, which are you know about general stuff for example why you should adopt don't shop how you should you know how sh- why should you vaccinate a dog how should you vaccinate how do you deworm what some first aid things about dogs so these are more general things which you know tend to go viral uh, just a couple of i think just a month ago we had like a we made a post uh, which was about why you should adopt don't shop and it kind of showed the cruelty you know which goes towards uh, animals when they're bred to you know uh, breed dogs when they are made 
to be sold and all yeah. so we didn't make that it did go kind of viral we almost got 10k likes on it and that gave us you know apart from giving us followers like 300 400 followers we gained from that post getting viral we also got volunteers you know and there you know, people we don't know at all you know they're friends of friends of friends of friends we have no idea but yeah. you know we don't know them and we they became volunteers we got a lot of people we even got do- donations you know from the simple thing so you know instagram worked for us so we we stick with that and you know it does work it does convert for us that's amazing to know and so you were talking about in your answer you're talking about your scholaring and football drives and then of course there's the sterilizing drive i guess that you had a while back uh could you just walk me through that tell me about how you get volunteers for that and stuff like that so uh so basically this scholaring uh and sterilization and you know the water bowl drive and stuff it of course isn't something that we thought from since you know from the beginning like as soon as we approached we came like uh you know we approached like specific problems we tried to look for solutions and honestly before starting pozhonga i wasn't really familiar with why our street dogs had reflective collars you know mm-hmm. so like for any of our viewers who don't know like reflective collars are really uh, important and essential for our street dogs uh, you know to kind of save them from accidents at night because at night there are a lot of people who are speeding and sometimes you know due to overspeeding or rash driving they don't actually see the dog and they end up hitting it but when you have these collars around their dogs they reflect back so they have a reflecting material which you know it reflects back so you can actually see it like shine around their neck so that enables the driver to see um you know a dog i'm not only talking about rash driving but in general if you're di- if you're driving like in a really dark area at night and you know you can act- it actually does save a life like reflective collaring does save a life because you can actually see that you know there is an animal right there so that is the top purpose of reflective collaring uh so as our volunteer base grew like as we uh you know came across a lot of our volunteers like you know we got people to sign up and stuff and we came with these drives so uh we saw people like sign up automatically so we put like this link in our bio which allows people to uh you know kind of sign up for these drives so as we kept on introducing these drives we saw that people started signing up now what happens with the reflective collaring drive is that uh we mainly connect with feeders because you you can't go to like areas and expect to you know collar dogs over there because it's very tough because sometimes you know they don't know you sometimes they're scared of the opposite person so it's very uh, essential that there is a feeder in the area that we know so uh, basically these feeders fill out the form and after which we reach out to them so there have been like uh, like you know people who who actually who actually take care of like 100 dogs on a daily basis and we've like gone to those particular areas and we've gone to collar them and also one really important aspect of like reflective collaring is it actually does not let like authorities you know pick up the street dogs otherwise if someone like makes a, say they make a complaint about a street dog you know someone who is not a fan of them they make like a complaint about a street dog the bmc or someone can like easily come up and they can pick the dog but when the dog has like a reflective collar they can't because they know that it's a community dog who's already you know being taken cared for by someone uh so yeah so that is also primarily one of the reason why people you know lean towards collaring their dogs and then when it comes to like sterilization and the water bowl drive we basically came up with the water bowl drive in this summer because we realized like how hot it actually was outside and you know how much these animals needed clean drinking water it's more about clean drinking water you know people are like oh you just find you know water spilled on the road but that's not the aim the aim is to actually provide them with clean drinking water so again uh, this all is rooted through our feeders our feeders fill the form we contact them and we conduct these drives like we conducted three phases of our water bowl drives and we've had countless number of uh, collaring drives i don't even know how many yeah. there have been like so many of them and yeah we sterilized about i think 30 plus uh, dogs and cats from not wrong yeah 30 plus and that was once again you know like feed like feeders contact us and like oh you know we have a dog in this area we have like these many dogs so that's how we go about these drives usually damn okay so the sterilizing drive is this something you did in cahoots with a particular veterinarian or was it maybe the bmc you did it with because i know that bmc has a sterilization drive so yeah we did uh, do it um in like uh, organization like we we did kind of uh, you know have a thing with these people who actually do sterilization and stuff 
they're like quite experienced with it but the, now that you mentioned the bmc we did have uh, like a pretty bad experience with them actually oh. one of our dogs yeah one of our dogs she went there for sterilization that we didn't send her it was you know like the people like this is slum person who takes care of her yeah. the bmc came and they took her for sterilization and she actually came back with to this date actually i don't think sarta can i know what went wrong exactly because either she had like parvo or she had tick fever she actually was diagnosed with tick fever as well mm-hmm. and then she had passed it on to her puppies and it became like a whole thing but like ultimately sadly you know the mother and her puppies passed away from the same oh. thing and like from that point like sarta can i actually understood like the reality of what goes on you know in the bmc centers because they are so unclean so mm-hmm. i would say that as far as possible find people to get your you know stray dogs and cats uh, neutered and sterilized with like proper organizations and i would say don't go through the bmc route i think that's very helpful advice you've put out there cuz until now i was under the impression that the bmc does all this on its own wow okay a lot of people are honestly so that's mm-hmm. okay yeah no cuz last summer i was just chilling sitting free this was when the lockdown was just kind of receding and i was looking for some work to do related to you know um ngos and stuff and so i was looking into sterilization drives at the time and i saw that a certain ngos were doing it with the bmc and that's how i know that the bmc does it too but damn thanks for the information yeah mm-hmm. so, so moving you know, uh, go ahead so uh, i think so some organizations do partner with the bmc but that is when the bmc uh pays to get it done at a third party uh you know at a third or either at a, a other other private hospital or at one of the organ ngo centers which is what you know every uh single uh you know organization does every single reputed ngo will get dogs sterilized that way so there are a lot of small centers you know which take very less money about you know 1000 2000 which is very less if you when you think of an operation you yeah. know that's cost of 1000 2000 but uh you know no uh in in my opinion you know and this is just my opinion I, i'm not going i'm not speaking facts here mm. but in our opinion uh, no reputed ngo also gets it done by the in the bmc center mm-hmm. so even if it's done with in collaboration with bmc it's usually the bmc making it getting it done to a third third uh, party place ah uh, okay so moving on i now want to talk about something known as ph merch so i wouldn't know the purpose behind it yeah so uh, yeah so i uh, we, i came up with ph merch uh, just one day i don't know how but i thought about you know how we can raise more money because you know talking about sterilization you know sterilization is extremely expensive you know even though it is cheap when you think of an operation but for a small ngo like us you know getting it done on a big scale is kind of expensive you know because getting even a donation of 1000 2000 not an easy job and you know we thought that you know there are lacks of ngos looking for money you know with either directly or from you know how in any way so that's how i came up with ph merch to you know as a, as a way to actually uh you know another way to raise money for pawsanga so uh, we you know me and pragati and a lot of us worked on it we hired uh, paid designers because you know we, what 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 we're also doing is that you know the designers with us they're all uh, young college students like ourselves i know it's a i've all, i've also in my personal opinion again i've seen that a lot of these designers are actually you know they made to do a lot of work in a lot of places but they never paid for it yeah. so there's a lot of, a lot of people are looking for free internships you know stuff like that mm. so i thought this is a small this is a, you know a, a way to for them to also make some money however obviously the money is going to be very very less because it's like you know we most of the money has to go to animal welfare but uh, you know this is a good way for them to do that do that as well so the only the only purpose behind it was to you know raise money and yeah so it's it's going well it goes going well till now damn and i mean it also serves as good marketing for your organization right because when you see college students walking around in college let's say when covid is over wearing that merch people are going to know it's going to generate awareness about okay there's something known as pause hunger so that's pretty smart of you yeah definitely mm-hmm. so this um this thing about raising money is it also something that factored into your collaborations with uh, zomato and rotaract club of nm university of mumbai or was that just awareness uh yeah so i'll talk about our collaboration with nmms first 
so i think nmms has uh, like rc nmms had reached out to us i think in august last year like just one month after we started and we all came up with this event that we wanted to do and it was called stray strong the whole event like as a whole uh, it was called stray stray strong and basically we had like different uh, events under this you know like on say day one you had like um, you know like a photography thing like it was basically a separate base of volunteers who came through rcnmms like they were routed through rcnmms and we had like different activities planned so the whole thing of pause hunger basically is you feed a stray animal for 20 days out of 30 in a month uh, in order to earn a certificate so uh, like the collaboration with rcnmms it started with uh, you know we we, ha- we also had a fundraiser called jeev daya so we started raising a lot of funds through them through rcnmms and like i said we had different activities for volunteers on different days like on one day we had like journaling and the other day you know we had like see which food you know the dog likes best and then we had like a photography thing like you send us your pictures and you know then we put on our story we also had like a meme contest uh, which was really cool like it was a put on our story and there was like polls and stuff relating to it and there was like uh, you know blog writing you could be featured on their blog so it was all basically you know made around these volunteers and it was uh, through like the course of several days like same uh, duration of like pause hunger volunteers but it was a separate base you know because it was a pretty big collaboration and we had like over 40 uh, rotaries and rotacs on board for this whole uh, collaboration i think our collaboration with um, rcnms didn't only end there i think we continued uh, you know through it with like a lot of stuff like if you've gone through our instagram posts actually you'll see like a lot a lot of our reflective collar drives are done in you know collaboration with them and all because like the jeev daya fundraiser really helped us a lot and that's where uh, feeding india zomato came in like they reached out to us like for this uh, thing where you know on world uh, food day they wanted to actually do something so they just like we got over like six, i think 60 kg of food from them and you know we distributed uh, it to like all our volunteers again i said like these all these feeders it's all given to feeders it's not assigned randomly so we all gave it to feeders and uh, through that collaboration we like fed over 600 stray animals all across mumbai uh, and then again speaking about our collaboration with rcnms on world animals day also like we did a collaring drive with them uh, where we collared i think over 200 dogs in the suburbs of mumbai and like you know we spoke about sterilization earlier that was also like a part of our collaboration with them we also did this stray animal water bowl drive we came up you know with the idea and we like used the funds and stuff and just uh, recently if you went to our instagram post like stray strong the whole event they actually won a you know a recognition award in like a happy moments category in all over south asia so it was awarded you know like the highest like the best under the happy moments category so i would say that um i our collaboration with rcn mamas has been like the most fruitful out of all of it because we've not only gotten like one collaboration out of it we've done like a lot with them and i think in the end it's all about making an impact you know for these animals so mm. i think that has definitely been done all right and thanks for using the word impact because that's where we're going because i think we're done with the nitty gritty of your organization you know we know it what it does inside out how it operates if you have any strategy so let's get let's look at the bigger picture what sort of impact are you seeing your organization make currently and what do you see for yourself in the future so uh, so you know coming with impact so let's start with food because that's what we started with so mm-hmm. uh, since we've started uh, over 600 people have joined us as feeders uh, you know some of them are people who are already feeding but a lot of them are people who have started feeding because of us so there's a huge amount of people who you know who have now who are now taking care of animals every day because of us uh, that's the main thing so to help them we also have food drives every month you know for those who can't afford so you know for people like let's say us you know when if we are feeding five dogs it's not a big deal right because yeah. that's just a few hundred or maybe a thousand rupees an expense a month which you know luckily we can afford however if you're somebody who's feeding a hundred dogs a day that expense is going to you know explode you know that's going to be a huge thing so you know we recently had a rice drive where we gave huge amounts of you know hundreds of kgs of rice to people you know mass feeders like these so it could really help them so coming to food we're doing that 
since then, uh, our second biggest project would be reflective coloring. I think we have done the most in Mumbai out of any organization. We have colored over 300 till now, and we are going to do at least two, 300 more in the future. We are doing it, you know, on a weekly or a, you know, once in two week basis as per the convenience of our feeders. Uh, in this summer, we placed over 60 water bowls, you know, all over Mumbai, right from Dahisar till, you know, South Bombay, we have gone, we have personally traveled us or, and our team members and, you know, made sure those big cement bowls are going to stay there throughout the year. Uh, an important thing we do that is that we don't place them randomly, you know, because if I go and put a, you know, even if there are stray animals in, you know, one place and I go and put a bowl over there and fill it with water, that's, that doesn't work because the water is going to get over, it's going to get dirty, somebody's going to break it. So what we do is like, you know, like Pagadi said, we contact a feeder, the feeder has to, you know, maintain the bowl. He, she, she, he or she has to keep on changing the water, mm-hmm. you know, make sure it gets clean, you know, it needs to clean every month or so because you know, it gets mossy and all that. So, you know, that's the, that's another thing that we do. Uh, we uh, come into sterilization and vaccination, which is, you know, sterilization is the most important thing you can do. So unfortunately, it's a little expensive. So we are doing it, but, you know, we're doing it at a slower rate. Till now, like Vagadi said, we have uh, sterilized over 30 dogs and cats and vaccinated around 50. Uh, we're currently in the process of vaccinating a few dogs in Santa Cruz as, you know, we're uh, going to get it done as soon as possible. And yeah, so I think that's, more or less of what we've done, but coming to the future, uh, you know, it, it, it's only looking brighter for us because, you know, we have been able to grow a lot in the last few months, you know, and, uh, I'm sure like, so when, uh, the second wave of COVID came, we had a lot of things planned for those next few months, which we actually had to unfortunately, uh, delay. Uh, but you know, now we have again started, you know, working, we have a few great collaborations lined up, you know, I don't think I can reveal it right now because, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, but in the next few months, we have, you know, two, three really huge collaborations that we're really looking for, uh, looking forward to, you know, which can really help animals in uh, this country. Uh, so, you know, the road to helping them is a long thing. It's not something we can achieve in a few days, a few weeks, a few months, or even a few years. And, you know, everybody has to start working towards it because, you know, unfortunately, the number of them is just way too much for one organization to do something about it. But we are making sure we do as much as, you know, our capability is concerned. And, you know, hopefully slowly we can, you know, get a, even an even bigger impact as to, you know, how it's, how we, what, how much we can do. That's a really good answer from your side. And definitely, you know, it's a short, it's a long process, small steps every day. So kudos to you for that. And now we're going to go to the, to an even bigger picture. What do you feel about the power of student-run organizations like yourself? Can they grow into something bigger and create permanent impact? What's the importance of student engagement like you do in worldly issues, issues outside of their own grades and placements? Yeah, so um, about this, I think this has to be one of my favorite questions uh, because I really cannot tell you how underestimated you know, student-run organizations are. They are always almost expected to fail. It's always been like that, you know. And um, just, like, take an example. Like, say uh, there are certain colleges that require you to, you know, do kind of do an uh, internship or they kind of need you to, uh, you know, submit an internship report by the end of your SEM or something like that. But if you ever ask them that, can I include my startup in it, it's not allowed. So I think that is... um, I would say that one key area where, you know, student-run organizations are really um, uh, undermined and they're like not given the kind of value they deserve. And I would say that we are actually the future of the country. Like we are the youth. So student-run organizations need to be more empowered and they need to, you know, feel like they do matter in the world and they need to feel like, you know, they have that kind of support from others. So uh, like, okay so you know student-run organizations they're all just I mean people just be like oh you know it's something you're doing out of your interest or oh it's just something you're doing to pass time or for your resume but what people don't understand is that these student-run organizations actually hold much more power like like I said that people actually you know end up underestimating these student-run organizations and uh, we're expected to participate in worldly issues once we you know leave college or once we're like say 25 plus we're expected to build a world of our own but how is that going to happen if you're not empowering us at this age you Mm -hmm. know if at this age you are actually 
dismissing our efforts because i have um like kind of been like been through the same thing you know like i told my teacher that oh you know i have like a startup of my own and then i like startup and i told her about it and then she's like oh no that does not qualify as work experience so why so you're making me shift my all my focus from my you know ngo and you're making me remove that kind of time and effort and put it into another organization so till it is not given that much importance in our life you know if we need that kind of motivation and i'm speaking from first hand experience we definitely need that kind of motivation because people our age have the potential this generation is actually one of the most opinionated most smartest and you know we have the generation that actually acts on our will so i think that this generation definitely deserves a chance and student run organizations they can create an impact in the long run like sarthak mentioned that maybe not in a few weeks maybe not in a few months maybe not in a few days but you know in order for that change to happen you have to give student run organizations a chance because if you don't give them a chance now you can't expect them that okay you know 10 20 years later they'll go and they'll make a bigger impact impact happens when you start from the beginning mm-hmm. so impact happens when you start now like imagine you you tell a kid that you can't walk till you're 10 years old and when you are 10 i'll make you walk do you expect the kid to like you know start running the kid is going to be like no you know you didn't sow the foundation in me when i when i was supposed to walk so how do you expect me to run you know at that point and i also think that uh, in student run organizations we really underestimate um the power of having like minded people you know mm-hmm. one that is one aspect of student run organization that if you if you are thinking of starting something of your own you need to have like minded people who actually support and you know have the same goal as you so like in pozangal also now we have all of our uh, you know uh team our whole team we started with 10 people and they were literally our friends like we just you know asked our friends who we knew were kind of interested in the cause that you know is this something that you would be interested in and then we just like kind of roped them in and <laughs> you know we started the whole thing so yeah. it's very important to surround yourself with the correct people you know and it's very important to you start by you know reaching out to people closest to you and you need to start somewhere trust me and the impact created by us will not only last for a few years but it will also inspire the coming generations so i feel like if you ever come across some for anyone who's watching like if you ever come across you know organizations that are uh, you know run by students or they are run by youth it would not cost you anything to support them like a little support would actually take it a long way and if i'm talking about monetary support like you know when sarthak and i like we receive a donation of even like 500 rupees or 1000 rupees it honestly makes us so happy like the first thing we do is like you know say that oh my god we actually received a donation because it's it's that you're like support means like that much to us and till you don't uh, you know inspire us and till you don't uh, you know kind of motivate us and show that you support us i don't think that you know we get that motivation from anywhere if we're seeing that people actually demotivating us it gets tougher for us to do it of course we're not going to stop doing it just because we have you know people demotivating us we are always going to continue doing it but my point is that you know you have to have faith and you have to have patience because like patience is the one thing that will take us like a long way and definitely we can create a lasting impact correct so um i have a few comments to say on what you said which is of course supporting what you said just you know adding on to it first of all yes all of this needs to be counted as work experience because as we discussed earlier the way you run your organization is very very similar to how a startup is run and thus you are in fact gaining that experience of leadership of organization of distribution channels i mean you were talking about your feeders of supply chains because you know you have to organize your merchandise in some way you have to get your callers in some way and then of course um negotiations collaborations everything you've done with rcn and myms so definitely this needs to count as work experience and again i'm saying this for my own benefit because <laughs> i need to i need this podcast this entire tribe productions shindig to count as work experience because it is a lot of work i mean it takes a lot of work Definitely, too yeah <laughs> and then you were talking about change and how to create change or impact and um one thing that i want to say on that is change starts with your immediate surroundings and that's something i see in your ngo too because you don't look at maybe when you started off let's say you didn't look at okay i want to make change in delhi i want to make change all over india you started with your neighborhoods andheri santa cruz etc so that's 
that's great you know you sort of embody that philosophy that i have of change starting with immediate surroundings and then of course um i want to reiterate what you said towards the end um it takes nothing to support student run organizations so listeners please support student run organizations please support pause hunger please support tribe productions please support this podcast yep <laughs> <laughs> sorry yeah i was just reading off my notes you know <laughs> everything i took great, during great. love mm. the support thank you so um this is something that i do with every guest that comes on the podcast before we end we have a short opinionated discussion on something that's kind of related but kind of unrelated to the topic at hand you know so basically kind of related to your instagram page kind of not related to your instagram page and of course um please be candid please be open so here goes um what do you think of the concept of spreading information through short format content like ig posts and reels it is a common notion that incomplete information can be worse than no information at all for example you can't really convey a lot through reels and even if you do end up explaining everything in let's say an instagram post you and i both know that the audience either skims through it or doesn't read the entire thing so what's your opinion on posting on instagram and using short format to convey information so uh, in my opinion i think uh, there are two two aspects to this so if you're an organization if you're an ngo if you're a you know if you're a content creator who does stuff which is you know which can't be deemed as you know it can't be negative towards somebody else i think in that aspect it's no problem you know you can't spread misinformation right so tomorrow i am making a reel you know even if no even if i am not able to put everything if i'm able to put half stuff even if i put everything somebody reads half stuff it doesn't there's no negative impact to it mm-hmm. right there's no harm that can come across because uh, anything i say you know you take it as any part you know it's always almost likely going to still be in my favor uh, so you know i think when it's about let's say if it's a you know it's a dancer guy it's some you know ngo it's some you know relating to any cause not only animal welfare then i feel you know having conveying information through reels or instagram posts whether or not is detailed it's still uh, okay but uh, when it comes to more serious stuff i think one thing i can say would be which i have you know thought about uh, is you know for example uh, let's say you know some accident happens you know like uh, i have seen on instance uh, which we have also posted about for example is that let's say somebody uh, has run over a dog and they you know like it happened in actually in manish nagar in andheri it actually happened where somebody uh, ran over a dog and you know when you know anywhere he basically hit and run okay mm-hmm. because he didn't stay try to help you know so he actually ran away so in that aspect before we posted anything about it it's important to see you know if everything if all the facts are correct yeah. because you know, of course in this case that person did actually hit the dog you know and the dog was not did move the dog was lying in the center of the road he wasn't being attention maybe he was on his phone so he actually did run away he actually did first run over the dog stopped for one second then ran away you know so that he didn't wasn't liable for the action luckily he was identified and he was brought charges was was brought brought but before we posted i think and in any situation which you know which has something strong or something negative it is very important to see the facts because let's say you know for example let's say you know what if uh, you know this person was the wrong person you know let's say somebody misidentified the uh, car miss somebody this and you know then you post about it and it, and then you spread misinformation where you know some somebody could be held liable and let's say mm-hmm. you know we got the wrong guy mm-hmm. that could be really really harmful because you know to be honest i post something today tomorrow about you know somebody doing something wrong okay whether it's my personal account or whether it's posting guy you know let's say somebody did something to me wrong i i posted about it you know and that person you know the post is most likely going to go viral if it's something you know surprising is going to go viral he's going to get defamed charges will be brought upon if if it's later proof false even if it is proof false it will never be enough for him he will never be able to come back from it you know you know in, in the same way if this car accident guy if, you know if he was wrongly brought but we still posted about it you know even if later he would be found not guilty or something it wouldn't be enough it wouldn't you know that is why before you know posting and you know when when it comes to misinformation or half information is really important to consider in my opinion you know if you, if you're actually painting the full picture yeah. for the person i think you know coming to uh, if i could add one last thing you know coming to like you know let's say news agencies or you know 
even in, in even in a political scenario you can say both sides of politics in our country and everywhere else actually is not only india whether you take us or you take any other places every single political side takes advantage of misinformation half information posts about it you know quickly generate you know hate towards somebody or love towards themselves so it is something which is controversial but like i said for an organization like ours like pozhanger i believe it's not uh, a risk you know having what happened which because even if mm-hmm. nobody pays attention because our stuff is neg- never negative towards somebody else mm-hmm. i actually have one concern again again i'm not trying to attack you or whatever so let's say for example on a particular day you post feed dogs like okay your you have an entire uh, gallery of pictures saying okay you need to feed stray dogs and then that entire gallery of picture explains okay what do you feed stray dogs what you know how do you take care of them etc but let's say there's a random instagram user and all he sees on your post is feed dogs and then he ends up thinking that okay it's okay to give parleji or something wrong to dogs on a daily basis so in that case wouldn't you say that uh this kind of incomplete information would be dangerous even from something as positive as an ngo so it is a risk for example mm-hmm. i'll i'll not i'm not going to say that is no risk you know that the person does some feed something wrong mm-hmm. but if they were to feed it through pozhanger you know if they if they were to volunteer for an organization we give them a very detailed we make sure that even if they you know let's say we we'll never post about you know go feed dog they'll always be volunteer with us mm-hmm. because we will give you the knowledge which is required to feed a dog you know mm-hmm. another concern you know which is a very common thing we hear what if the dog bites me you know what if something was you know stuff like that it's, you know yeah. people are concerned right but we make sure that you know we'll tell you that you know no it's not going to happen if you do it correctly tomorrow you go to feed a dog but you know and the dog is scared but then suddenly you start running towards it and you know of course there's a 0.1 percent that he gets scared he does something he you know acts irrationally because you are the one who has started you know mm-hmm. doing it but uh, like you said uh, maybe it is a concern if you know the person doesn't read up properly but if they we make sure that if they volunteer through us you know if they actually read what we tell them and yeah. you know we make sure they do before so mm-hmm. whenever somebody for example you tomorrow join our feeding army so mm-hmm. as soon as you join as soon as they add to our whatsapp group and all you'll get a you'll get a pdf you know which will not only explain what to feed but it also explain you know what not to feed and more importantly how do you approach what are some guidelines that you should follow in general you know including stuff even related to covid that you know make sure you wash your hands stuff like that mm-hmm. it's a, a very detailed guide so maybe a risk does exist but in my opinion you know a risk always ex- exists with everything you do so we just need to make sure that we minimize it and you know we are making sure that at least to our organization we can do as as much as possible All right. Yeah, if I can add something, sure. so uh, you know, if like a person like uh, does volunteer with us, like with Pozhanger, they are added to a group and they're expected to send pictures in that group, you know, in order for us to know that they're actually doing it. And we have like our team who goes through these pictures and who actually checks these pictures to see what's being fed. I also do it occasionally, but our team does it on a regular basis. You know, they check what's being actually fed to the dog. and if we find something alarming something you know concerning we uh, actually talk to them directly on pc about it and say that you know feeding uh, you know palaji and stuff to dogs is not good because of the high sugar content in it it can you know cause skin diseases and a lot of problems for them mm-hmm. and um, also like let's say for example like you know this person on instagram just comes to our feeding stuff and like you said for example it says feed dogs but they don't end up eating the whole uh you know post so i feel like we reiterate the point so many times and you know it's become like such a, a common thing now that even on even on the road if you're feeding someone some like if you're feeding a, a dog palaji or a biscuit i'm i'm actually at least 95% certain <laughs> that someone will stop you and tell you that you know don't feed the dog palaji because i have done this so many times i have done it so so many times and also like pozhanga like i said they keep you know saying it again and we keep seeing it again and again on our page you know don't feed dogs palaji you know palaji is not good for dogs mm-hmm. so if there's someone who actually follows us follows us chances are that they will come across that you know warning sign that don't feed dogs you know palaji mm-hmm. and also something that you mentioned like in the beginning where you said that you know what if it's like misinformation or, or what if it's say half information mm-hmm. like i'll i'll like you know give you an example like uh, let's say that we posted the adopt don't shop thing mm-hmm. right and the person and we we got like a ton of followers 
through Adobe Do and Shop. Let's say that we didn't cover everything in this post, and we were pretty thorough with it. But <laughs> let's just say that we didn't, you know, according to someone, we didn't cover something. But the point is that through that post, we gained a lot of followers. So again, at some point, you know, these people are following us, and at some point, they're going to come through, uh, you know, more information again. Like they're going to come across more information on our page. So I feel like ultimately, in the end, it's a win because if not in one way, in the second way, you are communicating that information to them. Correct. Yeah, I think you have a valid point there. So um, I think uh, Sarthak earlier mentioned that if I join your organization, and you know what, I'd love to join your organization, but the thing is, I'm not in India, so <laughs> that's going to be a problem. No stray dogs here. So uh, also, again, I want to reiterate how. your organization is like a startup especially because you said that you have controls in place to ensure that your volunteers slash employees in a way send pictures and they you verify that okay they're feeding the right thing they're doing the right thing so again you have employee control procedures you have um i've written it all down employee control procedures you have distribution channels you have marketing you have branding damn you're exactly like a startup this needs to count as work experience I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you for noticing so much of that. Mm-hmm. But I, I would love if you could send the notes to us because we have never thought of it that way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. I'll I'll take a picture and send it to you. So, um, thank you guys for coming on this podcast. But before you go, I want you guys to plug yourself, pitch yourself to the audience. Who are you guys for one last time? Bhagati, go ahead. Start. uh yeah once again hi guys i am the co-founder of pause hunger my name is pragati and pause hunger is a completely youth run organization that works for the welfare of stray animals uh you can find us on instagram uh, it's at the rate pause hunger and uh if you need any help regarding any kind of stray animals if you need to know anything about them you can definitely you know uh hit us up via dm and we'd be happy to respond to you All right. So thank you guys for coming. This was a great session. Lots of good knowledge coming out of you guys, especially about your organization and about student-run organizations in general. And definitely, um, once you guys grow into something bigger, I'd love to have you back and talk to you about what you've done since this day. Definitely. So thank you guys for coming. I'll see yeah. you guys around. Definitely. Thank see you. you. So recommended content for this week is this talk given by Aman Dattarwal at a Josh Talks event. Honestly, I've only started following this creator for about a week, but his entrepreneurial mindset and work ethic has blown me away. Lots of important learnings in this video. Definitely check it out. Links to everything mentioned in the podcast are in the description. So hit the subscribe or follow button if you liked this and let me know how you liked or disliked it in a review or in the comments. In case you hit that subscribe or follow button, follow my content on Instagram, YouTube and Twitter. All are linked in the description and I'll see you guys in the next one.